Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. And boys, this is the episode that Big R has been waiting for all year, really. I think mm. he he took this job pipe. He uh, he went through the HR process and the application and um, you know took the position here on Happy Rant Radio just so that he could do uh, an annual Christmas episode. So uh, before we get into this pipe, do we have any business that we have to take care of? Any sponsor business or is it all Christmas all the time? It's pretty much all Christmas all the time. But just remember, uh, Mission Aware, Lagaris Roasters, and Together for the Rant, all of those things provide amazing Christmas gifts. And there's still a little bit of time, folks. So you can order from Lagaris Roasters. You get your tickets for Together for the Rant. And you can order your coffee mugs, your your moleskin notebooks, your T-shirts, your whatever from Mission Aware, all through HappyRantPodcast.com. And it'll still get there in time for Christmas. So hustle up and do that. Now, Let's get to encourage people to do all their crass Christmas commercialism through us. Absolutely. Sanctify your Christmas just a little bit. It needs it. Absolutely. Boys, I want to talk about a Christmas tradition that I was, uh, that I was discussing with a colleague on, on my way into the studio uh, today, actually. And um, we were talking about, believe it or not, the reformed propensity to take the fun out of everything. And that made me think of all the hours that I've spent both as a child and as a parent at Christmas Eve services in which every hymn in the hymnal gets sung at a dirge pace um, because nothing gets you in the Christmas spirit like singing hymns at a dirge pace. In, in and, dim, uh, yeah, in dim lighting. In dim lighting. So we, we put the lights low. It's always a little warm. Everybody's in their Christmas sweater and we're just going like at, at a molasses dirge pace to get through these songs. And I feel like it's a, it's a special kind of misery for for children who are waiting to get home and maybe maybe open all the presents on Christmas Eve, maybe just do a couple, however you do it. But uh, what are your feelings on Christmas Eve services, boys? Uh, Pipe, you grew up in um, the breadbasket of reformedom. Um, were, you, were you kind of uh, subjected to a Christmas Eve service every year? <laughs> Was I? Um, yes. And not only that, we didn't do like the Christmas Eve services in the, you know, at, at 4 PM or whatever, we did like the late night candlelight thing. So it started at 10 45 PM so that it would end on Christmas day. So that when you walked out, you would say Merry Christmas, you know, at 12.02 AM. So we would do our little Christmas Eve thing. So we, we celebrated Christmas on Christmas, but Christmas Eve, we'd do a little bit of a, you know, usually involve my, somebody reading Luke two and whatnot. And then, Uh uh, and then I would go to bed and then get woken up like two hours later. This is when I was little to, Mm -hmm. to throw on my ugly sweater and get dragged to the dirge service. Yeah. Where, and it, and it, and of course it's lessons and carols, which mean just, a, a monotonous rhythm of reading song, reading song for an hour and 15 minutes. And then we all wish each other a Merry Christmas and go home yeah, every in, freaking Christmas. And the weird sleep ensures that you're cranky and miserable for the, for the entirety of Christmas day. The next day, uh, I think the theory was that it would keep kids from waking up at like four twenty two AM to drag their parents out of bed. Oh, um, it, which I think that generally worked. I don't think we ever did that, but I, the main reason I didn't do that is because I think my mom would have just killed me if I had been like jumping on their bed at, you know, 5 a.m. being like, let's open presents. I, th- I think sure. she would have just thrown me out the window. Absolutely. 
Big R, you you seem like you you love the Christmas Eve service. What do you do at uh, at Sub, man? What is Substance looking at for Christmas Eve? Well, Sub is a little contrarian, so we always do the Christmas Eve of the Eve service. You know, we don't just fall into the Eve service, right? Are you kidding me? Uh, you do Christmas Eve on like the twenty third. Eve of the Eve, man. Dude, that's that's what it is. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> do you love that? Yeah, yeah. That's something else. Why do you love that? Why does that crack you up, Big T? No, uh, just it it, it 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 makes so much sense, actually. It's, it's it's very hipster in in a in a contrarian sort of way like we decide when christmas is we'll do it whenever we dang well please when it and it makes sense from like a uh not pulling people away from their family on the days they might celebrate especially if people exactly. do like christmas eve with one side of the family and christmas with the other side of the family like christmas eve service either gets it either interrupts one of those things or you just don't go mm. yeah i mean it was i mean pipe honestly you you uh you literally nailed it. I mean, it was it was it was not done in the in the mood or in the uh, you know for the uh, the obvious reasons of hipsterness uh, on any level. It was because of just that, right? Just letting people have time with the fam on uh, Christmas Eve night, and also we have a lot of young uh, we have a lot of young families, and we just man, if they just feel like they need to go to Christmas Eve with one of the families to another church, another service. We just, you know, we're, we're letting them have the freedom to do that too. So, That's yeah. big of you. but you know, man, it's a, it's a complicated, it's always, it's a complicated service, right? I mean, there's always that you, I, I don't care where you're at. There always just feels like there's a lot of pressure, mm. uh, you know, when you're there and you're doing it and there's kind of that buzzy, almost like warm kind of feeling yeah. in the con, you know, where you almost feel like, you, you know, you're getting ready to put on a big show. We don't do the big show. We don't do anything like that. Right. So, but it always has that feel. And I'm always trying to, I'm always wrestling with that because I like, I like it, but I don't like that feel of like, I'm getting ready to put on a big show. And by putting on a big show, I mean kind of like what we did last month in Live in Louisville, you know, that feeling. Now, do you go like full on reformed and just go wherever we are in the text, that's what I'm preaching on Christmas Eve. So we're going to go like- Oh, dude, no, not at all. I I basically, I I picked something out of Luke 2 that I've I've preached 907 times. And, uh, you know, I I do it, man. No, we preach something short. We sing some songs. You get like a hall. You get out. like a hall pass to do one topical sermon a year, and it's Christmas, dude. It's not. Are you kidding, Pipe? Do we even know each other? There's no topical sermons going on, man. I literally Luke, just take but a text. But it is. It. You just you just randomly grab something out of Luke too. That's that's topical because it's not walking through your text, Ronald. Mm. Well, what I do is an overview of the entire New Testament leading up to Luke two first, yeah, and then I pick up with where we would have left off. Also, you, you, use, you use the genealogy at the beginning of Matthew as your as your outline for the message. No, leading. I start in Genesis. I take us all the way through redemptive history, all the way to Luke two, and then three or four hours later, I start the sermon. We're out, man. Everybody's happy. You just described every guy praying in our church service every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I know half of our listeners are nodding, like that's a good idea. Yeah. Should totally yeah. do that, dude. That's not a good idea. It's a bad idea. Preach a twenty-one minute sermon on Christmas Eve. And call <laughs> no, it no sermons on Christmas Eve. Give people a freaking break. Yeah. Oh, no sermons. Wow. wow. Mm. Tell that to your pops, John. My dad didn't preach on Christmas Eve. It was lessons and carols. It was literally every passage of scripture in the entire Bible, but <laughs> no sermons. Mm. But that's not a sermon. <laughs> I mean, they, they could have used some editing, yeah. a little bit of trimming, like, a little bit of a red pen on the outline. Yeah. You're saying it was just like reading scriptures, singing, reading a scripture, singing. Yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, there was, there was probably three or four pastoral prayers thrown in there too. But uh, yeah, pretty much just reading a scripture. Two, two and a half, three hours, you're out of there. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Quit your whining, people. <laughs> Boys, I want to talk about uh, consumerism and I, I want to talk about gifts. And um, I, I want to go kind of in two directions with this. But the first question is, uh, what's what's one thing that you'd wish for as a gift this year? Now, we all know just as um, one man of the cloth and, and two men who are close to men of the cloth, that uh, it's not about gifts, obviously. But um, but but one, what's one thing you would wish for? this Christmas? Hmm. Pipe. I don't know. Hey, girl, let's start with you. Yeah. Your, I know that's your just, father Christmas. that's just so hard, man. I mean, like you get, it's, it's that whole weirdo thing, right? Where you get to that certain age and you just like, yeah. you just don't like anything that you want during the year, you know, you just kind of tend uh-huh. to like click on Amazon and get it. Or in the case of big T yeah. you go on eBay and you bid for it. But, um, there you go. I don't you know, teach man. Them. You know, for me, it's usually just, uh, it's usually some books, right? Like I want to get like a, um, like right now there's this, there's this label that I've loved my whole life called Mute Records. And they just released this massive like book chronicling like the story of Mute Records and all the artists, big hardcover thing, probably costs like $9,000. Like that's the kind of stuff I like. Give me yeah, one the cover's made out of like lasered wood and sheet metal. Yeah, for real. They, they put it- Four copies. Yeah, know. limited edition. They printed like nine copies. Just give me one of those, babe. Find it. You know, you know, drain out half our savings. I don't care. You know, whatever. Dude, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the uh the retail on this mute records book. Yeah, it's probably not a lot. But dude, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Yeah, you're gonna be fine. So Am I gonna be fine? Is there a chance I can get that? Can you can you put in a word with big M for me, baby? I mean, can we talk baby, about I'll that for a second? Put in a word. We'll see. All right. Yeah. Dude, in fact, I'm looking at this Mute Records book cover, and it actually looks a lot like the cover for uh, Stop Your Complaining, which was a book written by our own Ron Martin. Um, yeah, there's some, there's some minimalist qualities. There's there some similarities yeah. there. Yeah, I don't yeah. know who was derivative of, of whom in that you know scenario. but Well, uh, me, me, me derivative of them because they've been around for a long time. So for sure. I can, I can own that. I can yeah. own it. Yeah, I like it. Pipe, what about you? What are you, uh, what are you hoping for this Christmas gift-wise? I, I kind of resonate with Ronnie's feelings about like, I don't, it's hard to put together a Christmas list. Cause I just buy stuff for myself when I want it. Um, sure. perks of perks of adulting. Um, yeah. but, uh, I, I think what I would want is to end up on somebody's year end best books of the year list for once wow. in my life. You Hi, know, you've never when, ended up on one of those lists, you know, probably some like, there's probably a listener of this podcast who puts out one of those on their blog that gets like 11 views and yeah. uh, and maybe that one. But like, I don't get a nod from the Gospel Coalition. Desiring mm. God just put theirs out. They did top 17 books of the year and then they had like 44 honorable mentions. What? None of them. You Not can't even one. get any love on your dad's website? Judas. Well, maybe that's why I don't get any love. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe It's the, like an uh, anti-nepotism. Dude. It's like reverse nepotism. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But... I, I so I think I think for Christmas I just want to show up on one of those of somebody with of like decent platform. So like Jared C, if you're listening, would you throw me a bone, please? Mm. That that would be the best Christmas gift you could give, and I'll even campaign for you to get a blue check, dude. Pipe, you, you go. got some honorable mention. You got an honorable mention though. Did you miss that? Where? I read about it from Jared. You got an honorable mention? No, 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 no. Somebody, um, somebody rated uh, recapturing the wonder from Mike Cosby Cosper. And kind of said other books in this vein that I want to give honorable oh, so mention like a, to. Like, mention you. It's like a subsidiary of an honorable mention. Dude, that doesn't. Like, it was a, it was a yeah. sub. Yeah, it was yeah. a sub mention, but it was a mention. 
I'd rather not other, get mentioned than get that. other books. <laughs> other books in this vein. That was like that's like in our last episode trying to come up with other good Kurt Russell movies besides right. Tombstone, and other we books came up that with have paper. nothing. Yeah, the curious other books about about things that Dude, you, might sort of relate. You were just saying you wanted something. I'm telling you there was something. No, no, no. That's I, all. Okay, let me be more specific. I don't just want something. I want to be on the top whatever list. Like yes. I don't want I don't want to be mentioned as a book that was published in 2017. Okay, pipe. So th- this right. is an important follow-up question to this. I I I like this train of thought. So we need to we need to get you on one of these lists. What's the what's like the Mendoza line for the quality of blogger that it would have to be to make you happy to be on the list. Um, are we talking like, yeah, a, are we looking at Trevin Wax? T-Wax? I would be Wax happy with above? Tre- Yeah, like Trevin would be good. Jared C, I'd be, I'd be satisfied okay. with, especially if it ended up on like the For the Church site. Sure. Because um, sure. that's sort of a, it's, I think it's, it's very own brand. Yeah. Um, if I got mentioned on like the, uh, the Joe Thorne's podcast if they did like a top five oh, books on their like, so go. I'll, go, I'll go podcast top five list or top ten list. There you go. I don't I don't care. Yeah. Um so yeah I think I think that's sort of like below that I'm like you know yeah I, I, I sorry guys just not doing it for me. Yeah I mean it's fine. It's is that egotistical? I'm okay if it is but no, is that egotistical it, it, is. it is it is okay it is it is Ronnie okay pastor says it is yeah, yeah. it is but it's okay. It is, you know what, man? We're all good with that, man. I mean, I, you know, do we all think our books deserve one of those top? Well, frankly, I don't think any of mine do, but I mean, I think yours actually did. How <laughs> oh, about you, that pipe? I mean, I think I, I think it actually did. That's that you you just puffed my ego up very nicely. I mean, when you write a book and then you look at those lists, do you not look at some of those lists and go, "Really, that book?" To Dude, some of them, not all of them. Except I don't really read hardly any of the. Well, I do read some of those books, but I yeah, I not enough to where I'm just. I don't read enough of those books to even make a qualified statement. To be that, fair, right? you don't even need to read the books. You just need to know who some of the authors are. Well, yeah, you there's, go, there's you that go, oh, too. that one again. But dude, when we're talking about the any kind of Christian industry, what's so funny is it's just fraternity is all it is. Yeah. So it's always going to be the same guys. And if you're not included in some of these lists, I think it actually says something kind of good about you in that you're, you're not just the automatic grasp. Yeah, yeah. Because they're all automatic grabs is what they're – it's always the same authors, same musicians, always. Dude, I think the most egotistical thing in the world is my end of the year top 20 books list. If I ever ever write that article, just give me a beating, all right? As my friend, dude, we need to make we need to make a. I, rant I thought you were off. saying that you actually did one. I was kind of expecting you to follow it up with <laughs> it is the twenty books you have written, dude. Yeah, that would be awesome. Actually, that would be a super funny way to do it. Just literally review all of your own, all books, of my own too. books. They all get like a couple it. of paragraphs. Yeah, it's money. <laughs> Once you get down <laughs> to like numbers fifteen, sixteen, this needs no comment. Stands stand on stands on its own merits. That's right. That's right. Oh man. Boys, I want to shift gears just a tiny bit into uh, – I want you to talk about the best childhood gift you've received. And uh, my parents were like incredible gift givers when I was a kid, which I think is why I don't like Christmas now. Like Christmas was so good when I was a kid. They're, they're, like now that I'm an adult – You can't top of, it now. No, you can't top it. I'm in charge of everyone's emotions and uh, and it's just super stressful for me now. So like, it's, mm. there, there's very little joy in it anymore. But I But when I reflect on like – the joy that I had as a kid and, and putting up the tree and sitting in the dark and looking at the tree. And, uh, there was one Christmas morning, my parents had bought me one of those, uh, one of those incredible like tabletop hockey things where like it has the sticks and like the little dome and you know what I'm talking about? Pine? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, like an arcade tabletop hockey thing. And they had hit it at in like our neighbor's garage. And it was a blizzard on Christmas morning. So they had to trek through like three feet of snow to bring back my my tabletop hockey set. But uh, I love wow. that thing and I love them for it. And uh, I want to know for you guys, what was that like quintessential childhood like Christmas gift for you? Let's uh, let's start with, well, no, this is, I'm going to have to qualify this a little bit with Pipe because Pipe didn't get Christmas gifts. He's got a shepherd's pouch. Oh, okay. no, we, we did right. both. The shepherd's pouch was instead of stockings. Oh, okay. All right. So you still had like boxes wrapped in paper. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. That's good. Um, oh, okay. The favorite gift, Pipe, favorite I, childhood gift. Man, it, it either says something about how, ungrateful I was as a child that I remember very few of them or that my parents were very wartime lifestyle in their gift giving. Um, <laughs> but I still own at least one of the things I was, two of the things I was given as a kid. I still own one pocket knife and one baseball glove that mm-hmm. I was given before the age of 12. Uh-huh. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and the baseball glove I used all the way up into high school. So from like probably nine years old up into high school and I still own that. <clears throat> so I think, I think that stands out as my favorite. Cause like it went to all the twins games with me. It was the, it was the like ratty little league team, junior high baseball team, high school baseball, um, all the way up until I just needed one that fit my hand a little bit better. But, uh, that, I think that stands out as my favorite because like the best thing about a baseball glove is as it gets older, it gets better. It doesn't like it. Yeah. You just relace it and, and it just gets better the more beat up it gets. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What about you, Bigar? Favorite childhood gift? Yeah, so the big one for me was, uh, man, it was it was Christmas. It was uh, Christmas back in the 80s. And my dad, um, it's a little bit of a story, right? So hang in there. So it was, uh, my dad was like going down the drain financially. Mm-hmm. And uh, like he had, a, he had a business. The business was tanking. Um, we were just on the verge of like losing everything mm-hmm. seriously. And uh, so Christmas comes along and my parents were so indulgent mm-hmm. at Christmas, like so many presents. That's just mm-hmm. how they always rolled. And uh, so they told us, they said, Hey, this year it's, it's just going to be it's yeah. tight. You know, it's not all working out. And we were like, okay, look, we understand, you know, we're all in this together. And so uh, my brother and I, my little brother, Jason, and I woke up on Christmas morning, not really expecting much of anything, maybe, maybe a couple of things. And we woke up and each of us had these brand new mm. bikes that we had wanted and thought there was no way in the world we could have gotten. And it turns out my dad had like, you know, done all these crazy things and hawked all these things, like buy these things for us. And But it was so surprising because we were just under the impression that there really wasn't going to be mm. anything for us. And um, so it just kind of, it just flabbergasted wow. us is what it did. So yeah, that's the one. That's the Maybe one I remember. Um, I remember them all because I'm a Christmas guy, right? But that's the one where I, I, I remember never being as surprised as I was mm. that year, you know? All right, so, boys, we got time for one more Christmas-related topic. And I want to I wanna ask both of you what your favorite Christmas-related movie is. Um, I feel like we've kind of touched on this. Uh, Big R being Father Christmas, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, favorite Christmas-related movie and why? Uh, George C. Scott, Christmas Carol. It is just to me, it's the best, it's the best retelling, uh, cinema version of the story because George C. Scott is one of the greatest actors that ever lived. Mm. And, uh, he just, man, he takes the character, man, he takes Scrooge and he just runs with it. And by running with it, you just feel like he was just being George C. Scott. 
Like you just kind of think of George C. Scott as being Ebenezer Scrooge anyway. Mm. And um, it's just, man, the, the way, the way he pulled this thing off. And it's, you know, it's a movie from 1984. So it, it feels kind of 1984, but like his acting in it, of course, is just like second to none. Mm. And just, I don't know. It was just one, it's just one of those movies where everything comes together. It's nostalgic. It's sad. There's, you know, the big ending with Scrooge and he plays it perfectly. And so that's the one, like I can, I literally, if I, if I had to take one, if I could only watch one, um, that is, that's the one baby, Mm. George C. Scott Christmas Carol. Mm. Wow. That's big pipe. What about you? It's big. It's big. That's big. That's huge. This just as uh, just as Ronnie is Father Christmas, it will come as no surprise to people that uh, I I don't have a lengthy list of Christmas movies I love. Mm. Um, there are only two that come to mind that that I genuinely really enjoy, yeah. and it's Home Alone Ooh, I like because that. I loved it when it came out because oh, I was you know nine or ten at the time. Yeah, and then uh, and then A Christmas Story. Okay, with. Uh, you know, like the classic one with the leg lamp, the leg lamp and the yeah. tongue on the stuck to the, the flagpole and all that. That one was the first one I watched because I remember I watched it before I was supposed to. You know, my mom thought it was a little bit inappropriate, but I, I snuck it with my brother sure. and uh, and loved it. I thought it was so funny as, you know, as like an eight year old or 10 year old or whatever I was. And uh, and it remained and it remains hilarious to this day. It's just because it's it's so irreverent about Christmas mm. and instead of sort of the sappy nostalgia that uh unlike Ron I don't resonate as much with pipe dude there's nothing as sappy or nostalgic as christmas story it is so nostalgic it, it it's, literally it's nostal- it encapsulates it's, so many people's like childhood right, man no 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 but it's not itself. it's it's not like sappy nostalgia like uh or like faux nostalgia, like uh, we're like a, everything turns out like everything turns out great. Like in it's the end. a wonderful I mean, it life does, being being the trash version of nostalgia. It, mm-hmm. It's absolutely nostalgia. You know what? You don't need to go. We don't need to go. Right, there. but we need to try to maintain the program with some <laughs> sense of dignity. But right? it wouldn't. But it wouldn't be a Christmas episode if one of us didn't take a pot shot at it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. But it's not that kind of thing. It's more like, yeah, that was like my family with ridiculous pajamas and, you know, bad language and, you know, burned dinners. I mean, not my specific family, but so many things that were relatable. And and then just the fact that it's an adult telling the memories of a child yeah. is part of what made it funny because it had sort of the, the smart twist to it and how it was narrated. I thought it was hilarious. It's a classic. It's a classic. And it's from the 80s, too, which is ironic. But it's, uh, yeah, it holds up. It will stand the test of time, like, forever. Because everybody was either that kid or had that dad. Or, you know, there was, like, there's something in there where you can go, that's exactly how it was for me. Dude, the thing about that dad that I loved so much is that he he just tried so hard. You know what I mean? Like, he really, he really wanted it. Like, he really wanted to deliver this, like, magical experience. And, uh, yeah, but it, but it, it always kind of eluded him, which you is know? which is part I think that was the- which is part of why I loved it because the like the perfectly delivered magical experience is something you only see in fiction and catalogs. Whereas that movie or is Ron like, Martin's and, house, and this is more like real or Ron's house. Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or my Instagram. I, it really is that I, magical. But carry yeah, on. I, yeah, I kind of am beginning. I kind of wonder if you're a fictional character when it comes to Christmas, though. Like it just it's so it's so <laughs> or just in general, yes. <laughs> or just in general. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about oh, me. Oh, I know. Just the biggest compliment. You're like a fictional character. You're like, a, f- you're like fictional a fictional character. character. 
<laughs> no, no, keep it flowing. Keep it flowing, man. What else? What other nice things do you have to it's say? It's no more fictional than you. <laughs> uh, you know what else I want you to call me right now really quick? Scrawny. I think you know. Scrawny. <laughs> Thanks. Boys, well, my two didn't, favorite. You didn't answer the question, Ted. Favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, so, okay, my, my first favorite Christmas movie, we watched it last night. It's a Christmas tradition. Uh, it's Die Hard. So Die Hard is an action film. It stars Bruce Willis mm-hmm. and Alan Rickman. Um, it happens on Christmas Eve. Bruce Willis is uh, tasked with saving uh, a building that's been taken over by German terrorists. And uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful Christmas movie. Um, with lots of killing and explosions and fighting. Simply having a wonderful... Was that that played in that movie? I don't think so. I don't think it did. I think it's Ron just... I was just trying to give you a little soundtrack to your dialogue. I love that movie, and if that song played in that movie, I would have second-guessed my own choices. Absolutely, absolutely. My other favorite Christmas movie is a. it's an ensemble romantic comedy called Love Actually. Have you guys wow. seen Love Actually? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. I'm sure I'm sure you what, big R I can I can hear the disdain just dripping from your tone. What's aghast uh, what, would be Yeah, what what issues do you have with with Love Actually? Just that it got made as that a it movie. Exists. Yes. Really? Why? Just doesn't feel Christmassy to me. Yeah. Huh. Just doesn't feel Christmas. <laughs> kind of like kind of like Die Hard that that you the fact that you actually call that a Christmas movie. It's just I mean, I'm trying to control myself right now, Big T, because I want I want you to have what you want. I want you to like what you like. I, so just you carry on. Is Gremlins a Christmas movie? Because it takes place at Christmas. No. Pipe, I got one for you. Rocky Four. <laughs> no. Rocky fights Drago on Christmas Day. He ends the Cold War. It's the ultimate Christmas movie. The fact that anybody would even go to a fight, watch a fight, or have a fight on Christmas Day is the most un-Christmassy thing of all time. He trains in Siberia. It's cold. It's okay, that's a little Christmassy. Okay, it's very Christmassy there. If you if you remember the cabin that he stayed in while training, yeah, very, very, yeah I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. There's a there are a lot I there are a lot of families that have Rocky esque fights on Christmas, except that they're not the legal version that get televised and end Cold Wars. Well, right. that's now that's they are true. of themselves like little Cold Wars. I think there's a difference that's, between doing something on Christmas and doing something Christmassy though, and that's what you got to separate, right? A lot of Rocky horrible things happen on Christmas, but so I, I think it's Christmas. I think a movie is a Christmas movie if it's a movie that you that you watch at Christmas time and it gives you Christmassy feelings. And and for me, that's Die Hard, that's Love Actually. KK and I watch them every year together. Um, I watch Rocky Four with the boys every uh, every Christmas, and uh, it's nice, man. It, okay, it works I'm not going to argue with that. If that's what gives you the Christmassy feeling, that's what gives you the Christmassy Dude, feeling. Dude, I'll be honest. Your very little gives me feeling. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It really, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to get there. You know, it just, it's hard to get there. But uh, I understand. But yeah, that gets me close. You know, I get close to the Christmassy feeling. Uh, but boys, we have, uh, we have wandered to and fro throughout Christmas. We hope everybody in our listenership around the globe, um, and we, we do, we have listeners in New Zealand. We have listeners in, uh, in Europe. Uh, Asia, yeah, all in, over India, the- China. I, I was looking at India, I was looking China. at the map the other day. We had se- s- several countries in South America, the few in Africa. Pipe, there's a map. This is a thing we can I, look at. It's a new feature that our 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 uh, hosting service put out. They put out the map, and so yeah, we have we have listeners. None in Greenland, um, which is a bummer. Okay. All over Europe. I want to get into Greenland. In Greenland. Oh, we got it. We got to do a. We got to do live in Greenland at some point. Pipe, guys. Isn't that part Greenland of the plan? Market. I, I want to. I want us to to own Greenland. 
a country we that's can, like we can re- record record live from dog sleds. That 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 sounds almost Christmassy. Yeah, that'd be very Christmassy. Dog sleds. Would that be Christmassy? Guys, yeah, I mean Greenland or Iceland. Live in Greenland or Iceland would be a massive, monumental achievement for us. We could record from one of those like hot springs in like Reykjavik. It'd be incredible. You'd Reykjavik, be is that how you say that, baby? Yeah. Say that again. Reykjavik. Is it right. Reykjavik? I thought it was are you sure? I don't know. Yeah, he, he yeah, Ted got it right. Reykjavik? So. Okay. Yeah. I've just never I've never said it right, so I'm just curious. Dude, you All know right. how I know that? We were flying back from Europe one time. Because you're friends with Bjork? No, I'm Go not. Ahead. I wish I was friends with Bjork, but we were flying back from Europe one time and we also we almost had to make like an emergency landing in Reykjavik because there was a guy on the plane like freaking out having some like medical thing or whatever. Oh, dude. And How I, pumped would you have been to just like ha- even had a stop in Reykjavik? See, KK would have been super pumped, but I was just like, no way. I want to, I want to, I, I want to get back home, you know? So I was like, guys, we should all take a trip to Reykjavik like next Christmas season, the three of us, and then record just some live rant, like some rants there in Reykjavik. So we can say, hey, live from Reykjavik. L I R, live in, live in Reykjavik. 20 bucks? Yeah. Maybe go up to 20. Yeah, life, call it liar. yeah absolutely. Yeah, we'll call, yeah we we'll better call that an early New Year's resolution. Guys, wait for it. We have to bump those tickets up to, tw- wait, $25. Are we going too far out wait, wait, with wait, that? Wait, do, they, that do, they use, do they use euros in Reykjavik? Do we have to do conversion? Yeah, I'm sure they do. So we'll bump that up to, wait for it, 2750 27 I mean. euros. That's it, man. <laughs> 20, exactly, yeah. But let's not go too crazy with the, with the cost. Get up event, Bright. Get your tickets for live in Reykjavik. And until next time... Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's Word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful, devotional, and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com.